stockpiling guns and ammo and and precious metals and and stuff and and you know most importantly the food and the water right that that, that not to not to make it sound like that that part is of important but you started you started thinking about well why why are you prepping what are you preparing for and then you know the one of one of my favorite ways to answer that is the zombie apocalypse okay it, it's it's something it's something cute and fun and unreasonable that that serves at both extremes of the thing it, it helps it helps get children running those scenarios in their head like okay well the zombies are going to attack what next right and it's something it's something cute and fun to be able to involve them in the conversation and then on the adult version of that conversation what do we do next you know what 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 is you know what is important what is most important what is you know what is it that we're going to do in order to protect our stuff, to protect our lives, to protect our families, to protect our property. And I don't I don't know if it is the intention of these shows to do this thing or not. But shows like like The Walking Dead, where the the zombie apocalypse has happened. Right? And it's the uh, the fallout, the after effect, the, the the things that happen next, as as far as putting society back together, and you know, watch, watching people cling to their stuff, cling to the ideas of you know the, that we need a ruler, that we need. Some authority figure, some sort of a president, some sort of a boss. You know what I mean? That that, that this this thing that we did for however many hundreds or thousands of years before the zombie apocalypse, this is just this is just a bump in the road. That that once we're over this hump, once we've put the road back together, we we've got to reestablish society and rules and laws and presidents and emperors and rulers and and I'm looking at this from a whole other angle and saying well look at it this way man we're we're showing that we don't need all of that stuff right now look look at look at the show the walking dead okay now, it may not have worked perfectly because of the zombies and because of the, the bad guys. Alright? But, it, to me, it really feels like it's one of those things that if, if we 
if we start now, I know it's been, I know it's uh, a conversation that's been being had for centuries, okay, and and at a, as as we warp speed our way into more and more technology. the conversation is a bit more I don't know I, I guess for whatever for whichever side of the line you're on it could be more intense or it could be quieter I see it both ways but the, the idea of of the return back to the land instead of you know instead of warp speeding our way into technology and ruining the planet we're on so that we can move so that we can move to another planet that has no resources at all that takes however many months to get there and however many dollars to get on the rocket ship that takes us to this other planet I mean I, I think I think there's like this this battle going on between these two sides of of the people that have all of this money and and the excitement of going to go live on another planet and they're sinking all of their money into the possibility of and improving the technology to get us there and all of the things that it would take to terraform this planet while on the other side are all of the people who aren't going to be able to go that are begging and pleading the, the money makers and the masters and the presidents and the emperors to please not ruin this planet so that we have somewhere to live after you leave. There is an author, uh, I think he, he, he describes himself as an, uh, an investigative journalist, a historian, not so much a an archaeologist or whatever, but uh, Bram Hancock, right? Now, one of, one of my other favorite little hobbies is ancient history. I, I dig it. Uh, mostly because it keeps it keeps peeling away at, at the history that I was taught and revealing that the things that we were taught for decades probably aren't exactly true. about there being this society that existed before ours. The, the, there, was, there was a civilization that existed before the, the one that we live in now. Okay? And the, he's, he's followed this evidence all over the globe. Right? And, and to spin you know, to spin I don't know, a few days of just really listening to what this guy's got to say. Download podcasts. Go to the Joe Rogan podcast. That's where I found him. And uh, download all of his episodes. Listen to them in sequential order because it it builds upon uh, like his first episode. He reveals some stuff and then he comes back like a year later 
and is learning some more stuff, and he reveals that and adds it to the adds it to the uh, to the knowledge and spreads it around. And the last episode that he well, I don't think it was the last episode he was on here, but he was on he was on an episode with uh, uh, another guy called Randall Carlson, and. Um, in, in the middle of the episode, he's explaining that there was, you know, there, there was this other civilization that existed on this planet before the one that we live in now. And that civilization came to an abrupt end because of a natural disaster, uh, an asteroid, a comet, or a space debris, whatever you want to call it, fell to the earth and ended the last ice age. And, you know, millions of acres and trillions of gallons of frozen glacier ice turned into water, melted, flowed into the seas and raised sea levels 400 feet. And if you look at, if you look at a globe today, look at a map, look at the oceans, look at the sea levels, right? You'll notice that a huge, huge chunk of the population centers live there. New York City, Washington, D.C., Miami, you know, Southern California, including San Diego, Los Angeles, right? All the way up to Seattle and uh, where else internationally? Rio de Janeiro, Hong Kong, Japan, okay? If you look at sea level right now and you raised it 400 feet, which is what happened at the end of the Ice Age, all of that ice melted and raised sea level 400 feet and wiped out the previous civilization that was here. If you if you were to do that today, there would be you know billions of people that that perished because look look at look at um, Hurricane Katrina okay look at a lot of the hurricanes right and we and we can see you know days almost weeks ahead of time and predict with pretty pretty decent certainty. Not not 100%, but close enough to, you know, like, hey, you know what? Maybe you guys should get out of that area. And you've got weeks of time to, to, to prepare your homes, to gather up your stuff, to get out of Dodge, let the storm do what it's going to do, and then come back home and, and clean up. But instead, millions of people 
decide, you know what? I don't think the weatherman knows what he's talking about. Him and all that time he spent in college and all that money he's getting paid to read all these weather charts and science and stuff. He don't know what he's talking about. I live here. I know what I'm talking about. This storm, this storm ain't nothing. We've had worse. We're going to stay here and we're going to weather it and we're going to stay here because this is my home. Hey, show me a map 
the world where there is no ice, where all the ice has melted, where would sea levels be? And it will show you a map. And it's not, it's not good news for people that live at sea level right now. That's bad news bears, right? Those towns, New York City, Miami, Hong Kong, you know, there, there are many, many people that are going to be displaced. Many cultures and societies are going to disappear because of the things that we're doing. It's not 100% us. Yes, I get that. But, we're not doing anything to help. We're not making anything better. We're actually accelerating things. And the thing that, that stuck out most to me, because I, I got into the prepper thing, right? And I was pretty hardcore about it. And then I got into minimalism, and minimalism made me kind of walk away from being a prepper and from being a survivalist, and I, I started going on, on my uh, on my spiritual trip. That was all I was worried about, studying Buddhism and Taoism and a couple other things just to, you know, try and round it out and ask more questions kind of thing, right? And then I'm, I'm listening to Graham Hancock on this, on uh, Joe Rogan podcast and he's talking about all of this stuff and he's laying out the evidence. He's He's got a book. There's all of this stuff that says, hey man, look, this is what's happening. This, this is what has happened and this is what is going to happen. And he points out that the reason that there is a civilization today is because of the people that survived that catastrophe. And he talks about how the people the people that were able to survive this, this catastrophe were the ones that were most in tune with nature. That they, they didn't <coughs> they didn't depend upon the the population centers for what they needed. Right now, obviously, it's, it's it's speculation as to how the 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 ancient humans lived before this ice age, or during this ice age, before before the end of the last ice age, before sea levels rose four hundred feet. But to kind of extrapolate the way we live now, hey, there's there's a couple of groups of people. There, there's the people that live in the population centers that either don't know how or can't grow their own food because they live in an urban environment where there's not, you know, there's not dirt or or, or soil to be able to grow their food. Right? And then there's the people who do not live in, in the urban centers, that do not live in the population dense areas of the map, that do know how to grow their food, that, do, that are more in tune with nature, that they can be outside and look at this tree and say, 
hey, you know what? That tree right there, that's an apple tree. And those crazy little red balls there, that's food. Those, you call those apples. And we can eat those things. And we can live off of them. And, and we can use the, the crazy little black dot thingies inside. Those are called seeds. We can throw them into a hole and come back 10, 15 years later from now. And, and that tree... The thing that grows out from that seed is going to have hundreds of more apples. And we can do this over and over and over again, all over the place. And it's those people that live in the population centers at sea level, those are the ones that are going to have not such a good day when sea levels rise again. I don't know about you. I'm listening to this guy say these things and all I can think about is how do I learn to be one of those people that survives? You know? <laughs> how do I learn to be one of those people that says, hey man, I don't wanna I don't wanna drown. Drowning is like one of my my biggest fears, you know, like I I, I accept that a, one day is going to come and I'm going to die. Right? But I want it to be I want it to be in my sleep. Or I want it to be really quick and painless. Right? I just want it to stop. Right? I want to go to sleep one night and have an awesome dream and it'd be one of those eternal dreams and I I get to see all my old friends and stuff and you know, but I you know, like I said I don't really know what happens after you die. I got, I got some hopes and I got some dreams and, and some possibilities and stuff. But whatever happens, I don't know. I don't know what happens. Next. Nobody knows. But I really don't want to try. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to die that way. I hear it sucks. I hear it's painful. I hear it's long and drawn out. And that you're still kind of alive even after you stop breathing. You know, I, I don't... I, I don't want to... I don't want that to be the way. Right? And that's... That's what attracts me to primitive skills. That's what attracts me to minimalism. That's what attracts me to being a prepper, being a survivalist. I, I think it I think it kind of works its way down to where, you know, right now I'm a I'm a prepper. I'm I'm in the I'm in the prepper mode of being, you know, having having shelves in my home that I can I can put food away. I can I can rotate my stock. I can I can have a food and water store at my house. I can have redundant things like like fruit trees and and berry bushes and gardens and you know stuff like that in my backyard that add to my my preparedness, right? But 
I don't really, I don't really see for me as as a prepper. I don't really see buying a, a farm being, you know, the the the, the best and greatest idea. The there, the, the the ideas that are learned from farming, yeah, but. To, to be to be more in tune with our primitive ancestors and and to be you know wandering tribes of nomadic hunter gatherers and instead of instead of settling down you know in the middle of Michigan and you know building a house there and getting everything all set up and security and, and, and fences and, and all that and boundaries and whatever to, to protect all of our stuff right so to remember that that apple has seeds in it We're wandering along, and we come to we come to a, a grove of apple trees, and there's 20, 30, 40 of us. We're like, "Oh, look, apples! Yay!" So we sit down, and we know we know other animals eat apples, right? And while while I'm in the process of becoming a vegan, I also understand that, you know, there there's a, a high probability that I'm gonna end up eating meat as as a as a survival scenario and I and I I accept that. I'm okay with that. Right? I'm I'm okay with the idea that, you know, if it means I'm going to live, okay. Right? But I I also have some other experiments to run as being a vegan survivalist, and we'll see how that all works out. But as a as a group in a nomadic hunter-gatherer type of tribal society, right? We settle down and recognize that other animals eat the apples, so there's probably animals around and bugs and you know, the possibility of there being some sort of a water, like lake, or pond, or a stream, right? So we possibly go fishing, right? But there's all these possibilities of resources for food and water. So we settle in for a little bit, maybe a few days, a couple of weeks. And we hang out and we, and we do repairs on our equipment, we sharpen our blades, we, you know, we, we do stuff in that space. And we eat and we, we not necessarily overwhelm the area by taking whatever it is that we need, but being respectful and humble and saying, okay, the, we've been here long enough. We've eaten some squirrels, we've had some rabbits, we've taken down a couple of deer and maybe a buffalo, we've dried out the meat, we've preserved it, we've made it possible
this animal is going to go a good long way. Broken down the bones and made tools and soups. We've taken the hide, we've tanned it, and we've created, you know, uh, another uh, semi-permanent mobile shelter out of out of the buffalo hide and made a teepee. You know that, that there's there's you know so much that that is out there in nature, and I. And I really want to try to sound as humble as possible about it, you know, that you know, we, can, we, we have the, the advantage of being able to go out there and, and, and create these things from the landscape that uh, some people call it bushcrafting, you know, and you know, to, to, use, to use our hands to make tools, to use those tools to make stuff that makes our lives easier and stuff like that, right? My my primitive ancestor mind is is looking at all of this and saying, well, it, it's cold in Michigan from like September to June, right? Now you probably lived there long enough and your body's used to it. Awesome do that, do that, be up there, do you, enjoy that, that's awesome, but I don't, I don't want to be in a place where it can snow over a foot overnight, all right, that, that's, that's not my idea of enjoying life, okay, part of, part of what I'm considering to being an advantage of being nomadic is not being stuck in one place. I don't have all of my eggs in the basket here in southwest Missouri or or northern Michigan or Miami, Florida or out in the desert somewhere. You know, I I can say, oh hey look, you know what? It's getting way too cold here in, in northern Michigan. Alright? How about we gather up our few little items here, you know, do, do a quick little maintenance check and make sure everything is all right for travel, pack up our stuff, and head on out of here. Let's head south because it's warm down in Texas. Let's go to Texas. Let's go to Mexico. Let's go hang out by the Gulf of Mexico, wherever, and, and be not miserable cold. Hey, let's go do that instead. And along the way, we'll plant our seeds and we'll and we'll eat and we'll you know, we'll just be with nature instead of you know, instead of what we're doing now. You know what I mean? All right. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting to a I'm getting to a place where uh I'm coming up on uh, delivery here, so I gotta get off here. Um, go down to the show notes, man. Go down there, click on, click on the uh, links. Go to the social stuff, like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend, interact with me. Let me know what you think about the show, and I'm out of here, man. Later.